Hello, friends, wherever you are. Um, I'm going to ask you to please share this link as widely as possible. We're syndicating to four different platforms, um, and I'm going to need you to amp the numbers up for me. As you well know, we've been taken down on most of our platforms. However, today, and given the importance of this broadcast, um, we are streaming directly to our own secure servers. Um, anyone having difficulties on any of the YouTube channels looking in, you can go to www.lazarusinitiative.com. Lazarusinitiative.com holds the... I'm delighted uh, to be bringing on, on board Ricardo Bosi, the leader of the Australia one uh, party which we're hoping and trusting is going to be shaping the future of Australian politics in the days ahead. He is no uh, stranger to my networks. Ricardo, delightful uh, to have you join us today. Thank you for joining at such short notice. Thanks, Sasha. Absolute pleasure to be here and thank you for the kind invitation. Okay, I'm not hearing you there, Ricardo. That's curious. Is your mic working okay? Let's try again. Stand by. Stand by. Don't don't leave the studio. Speak. Yeah. Have you got me? Stand. I'm. Okay. Can you hear me? <clears throat> Good evening, all. I hope you can hear me. We're having all sorts of technical difficulties at the moment, unfortunately. We should be back we online. Good. Have you got me now? Yes, I have, and you can hear me. Good to see Please. you, Ricardo. Um, very briefly, just to appraise the audience of, of why I've asked you at such short notice to come online. You were given an order to appear in the Magistrates Court of South Australia by telephone this week to face the charge of refusal to comply with a direction, which was failure to muzzle yourself like a hound dog. And this occurred on the 10th of April. Uh, 2021, you offered nothing except a declaration of sovereignty to the court, uh, which I'm hoping you'll allow me to drop in uh, as a four-minute pre-record that you did for the court. The court hung up on you halfway through. Is that more or less correct? That's correct, yeah. The magistrate had enough, and uh, I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I knew he was gibbering in the corner, and I just continued speaking. He hung up, and I continued the uh, the recording of the uh, device. Just letting you know, I did I did mention, although the um, uh, the first few seconds of the recording were lost for some reason, and I did advise the court I was recording it for training and safety purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, you do understand we're doing this for training and safety purposes as well, <laughs> my safety and yours and training of the world at large. But uh, let me, Ricardo, drop in what I think is a historic piece. I've got to tell you, when I read the Declaration of Sovereignty, in my view, it's going to go down as a delightful piece of history in the era, in the era of COVIDiacy. But let me share my screen, bring in the video, and we'll rejoin the broadcast momentarily. Folks, I just need you to watch this. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ricardo Bosi, National Leader of Australia One. Today is Monday, the 25th of October, 2021. And today I was required to appear before the Magistrates Court of South Australia 
uh, on a charge for refusing to comply with the direction, failure to wear a mask, which happened on the 10th of April when I visited Adelaide. I arrived at Adelaide Airport without a mask and I was uh, charged $1,000 for the pleasure. Uh, today was the magistrate's hearing. Uh, it was done by telephone since I am in Sydney. Uh, the magistrate asked me what I wanted to do. I told him that I would be reading a prepared statement. It would be recorded and then uh, I would hang up. Um, I started reading the statement, which you'll hear shortly and has been distributed. Uh, at a couple of points during the uh, the statement, the magistrate attempted to um, to speak, but I continued making my statement and eventually he hung up. I continued reading the statement to its conclusion. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, please enjoy. Note that the first couple of seconds uh, weren't recorded, so you'll come in shortly after I actually began. We'll see you at the end. Cheers. I seek no determination of guilt nor innocence from you. I seek nothing from you because you have nothing to bestow upon me. I acknowledge no claim to any authority you might make. You have no standing. You are at worst a traitor and at best an imbecile, the truth of which will be determined in due course when you will experience the law from the other side of the bar table at the hands of the people. But you will not be alone. Your learned friends, even from the highest places, will also be obliged to answer for their words and their deeds. None shall escape judgment and the guilty shall not escape punishment. We know not yet whether you have sworn secret oaths. We know not yet whether you have committed other crimes, but soon we will know all these things and more because there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known and brought to light, nothing. But it matters little whether or not you are guilty in law because at the very least, you have by your craven obsequiousness facilitated the brutal destruction of countless innocent people. There is no defense against this moral charge that will stand. Your blind and soulless obedience to your masters who have vi visited upon the Australian people the most egregious perversions of decency and depravity disqualifies you from any further role in the governance of this nation. You and the entire profession of the law have forfeited any right to my esteem, my deference and my obedience. I will not submit myself to any man or woman nor any class of man or woman who by their action and inaction have eschewed plain decency and good sense and instead contributed to the most barbaric and purely evil betrayal of the people of the world. By what authority do I speak these words? By the authority that I'm a sovereign being. My life is my life. My liberty is my liberty. My property is my property. And so long as I do not do injury to another's life, liberty and property, none may interfere with mine. I am my own authority and you will submit to me just as you will submit to other millions of a sovereign Australians. We are the only source of lawful authority in this land. Now, before I dismiss you, there is one final issue to be addressed. Only six days remain for you to join with the people against the tyranny of which you are part. If you do not, may God have mercy on your soul in the next life, because we the people will have no mercy on the guilty in this one. Consider this carefully. Now, for the time being, at least I'm done with you, so be gone. But I noticed that the magistrate uh, departed. He hung up halfway through. It makes no difference. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what must be done to bring a country to a halt. This will not end until we decide it ends. We must make governing this country impossible. 
we must bring it to a standstill. We will not risk life and limb, but we will stop the powers that be from exercising any control over this nation. The reckoning is coming, but you must make it happen. You must stand together. You must bring the country to a halt. This is Ricardo Bosi, National Leader of Australia One. Thank you for your time. I think that's absolutely brilliant, Ricardo. I, I think that you've done your work. You can you can do whatever you like for the rest of your life. You've actually drawn the line in the sand in such a uh, enigmatic and poetic way. You're calling for civil disobedience. Of course, that is actually the duty of care of a peoples who are facing tyranny, treason, and state-sponsored terrorism. So congratulations for all of the above. Oh, thanks, Sasha. It's, uh, I had nothing else to do, so I thought I might do that. But isn't it amusing that um, simply saying no to a ridiculous direction now constitutes courage? And that's, you know, my, as you know, I'm an ex-soldier, and, and courage is common currency where we live. In fact, to a soldier, there's nothing worse than cowardice. I mean, I mean it. You can be thick as two short planks, but at least you've got the set of onions that helps you do what you've got to do. You're okay. But uh, anybody that turns from the fight, uh, yeah, their, their days are done. So thank you for that. But I'm doing nothing more than is required of free men and women to take back control of that which has been progressively stolen from them. Right now, um, we are October, end of October um, 2021, Q4 of 2021. Did you think for one moment a year ago that we would still be playing this theatrical nonsense out? Yeah, unfortunately, I did, because when COVID first kicked off uh, two years ago and then it hit the public consciousness, I guess, in January, we did our research very, very quickly and we determined without just using nothing more than logic and, and analysis, we realized that this was a political act, not a medical act. We knew that we found out from some medical professionals that uh, COVID itself, while virulent, is actually quite uh, fragile. Staying in the shower for 15 minutes at a time, breathing through the nose would kill it. Things like that, we knew that. And I was actually on recorded, I was interviewed, I think sometime in quarter one last year. And they said, what do you see happening? And I said, uh, It'll end up with no jab, no job, no jab, no transport, no jab, no social welfare, no jab, no kids. They're coming for your kids. Watch out. And eventually there will be deaths. And the interviewer said, well, what are you talking about? I said, in a couple of years, there'll be thousands dead. Unfortunately, we've been right on target. It's the curse of Cassandra, the capacity to see what's going to happen but have no one believe you. But the good news is the evidence is now so overwhelming that the people are waking up faster and faster every day. So, so that for you is the litmus of what's happening today, as opposed to a year ago. The, the awakening is definitely happening. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. I'm, I'm very, very optimistic. Not because pain isn't coming. Pain is coming. Uh, we've got another, and I don't like making predictions on time, but four to six weeks where it's going to get very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. But after that, uh, the tide will turn. We will be in the ascendancy. Now, the real pain is going to come later, as people realise. On an emotional level, the level of betrayal, which will destroy some of them, they just, it will be too much. And then adding uh, genuine insults to injury will be the deaths that come and flow from the uh, experimental mRNA vax, uh, injections. Right. And, that, so and that'll, bring about, that'll bring about a collective shame, which will affect the, the cultural psyche of the entire nation, because 
there will be there are going to be repercussions of collective shame when people emphasis men look over their shoulders and, and are forced to acknowledge what role they played in this pantomime yeah it's going to be similar to the uh the townspeople of a small town called Ostritz, which is actually uh, Auschwitz in German, when they were forced to walk through the concentration camps and the death camps, bury the dead, see the mounds of gla the glasses, the shoes, uh, the result of their silence, their obsequiousness, their desire to keep their pay packet rather than do what is right. And that, right. that moment's going to come. That moment will come. Very good. Let's, let's just look at the Blacks dictionary definition of the meaning of the word mandate because it was the mandate that you were refusing to comply with um, this failure to wear a mask on 10th of April 2021 and um, the blacks dictionary definition is a written command given by an authority to an agent or a member of public a contract by which one person requests another person to agree voluntarily to a service it only becomes effective when the mandatory agrees only mandatory once you agree to do it if you do not consent to the request you are not obligated under the mandate to comply there is a difference between a mandate and a law and this is important because when it really comes down to the wire blacks dictionary will be on the table and all of these um, uh, folks uh, in behind uniforms and badges and seals of office who are complicit with the satanic technocratic cloak of death that's uh, being cast across Australia. Every single one of those individuals, those technocrats and bureaucrats who are complying with this insidious statutory nonsense are gonna be held to account. You certainly are gonna be at the front of, at the vanguard of, of calling these folks to account. What do you see happening to those functionaries of the status quo who are just doing their job? Well, just as it wasn't a defense back in Nuremberg 1.0, Nuremberg 2.0, and whether it's a uh, an international court or whether it's an Australian court, because I actually prefer for the Australian court, I want us to deal with this problem. Uh, I was doing my duties, no defense. Never was, never will be. They should have known better. They have had sufficient warning. Uh, but the fact is, from the top down, there will be um, a price to pay. Now, one of our first policies, and this, this caused people a lot of concern, was the reintroduction of capital punishment. But when the truth is finally revealed, they'll be baying for blood. And I, not that I want to do it, but we will. And I'm, telling, I'm warning everybody now, we are going to hang for, former prime ministers, former justices of the High Court of Australia. We are going to hang billionaires who have made money from this little venture. And they think that they are immune because of their money. Well, I'm sorry, folks, but we're going to be hanging a, an exemplar from every piece of the Australian machinery, the polity, the bureaucracy, the judiciary, the military, the media. Everybody is up for the high jump if they deserve Good. it. If they deserve to hang, they will hang. Uh, what support are you sensing amongst the uh, veteran uh, community and uh, folks in the military intelligence uh, network communities that you are connected to? It's low level in the military. They are still sufficiently brainwashed. But the good news is we are getting a lot of, we have really galvanized the union movement, not the leadership, because we know the leadership is corrupted, utterly corrupted. 
So the union movement is beginning to get galvanized. The common law movement in Australia is very strong and growing stronger. Once again, they are now very excited about this. In fact, I got some, I received some requests. May I use your form of words in court? And I said, well, yeah, if you want to go to jail for contempt, because as somebody said to me, I got an, I received an email and they said, oh, that was a bad move. You should have quoted section X of the constitution. And I politely emailed back, you are fighting a legal war. I'm, like, I'm fighting a patriotic war. You want to win a legal point. I want to raise the minds and hearts of Australians. This Very is nice. a fight. I'm not there to discuss or negotiate. I am there to throw a punch and drop the adversary to the ground. Quite so. Okay. If you are following wet ink signatures, which we will be following and pursuing wet ink signatures, because it is the wet ink signatures uh, of these individuals in the leadership uh, echelon who uh, who will be swinging by the neck, proverbially, metaphorically, and or in in, in, in real terms. Um, can you, in your view, give me the one, the first, the second, and the third most culpable individuals in the Australian nation for the crimes against humanity against Australian people? Oh, that's a tough competition. They are really going hard. But the first one's going to be the Prime Minister if he is guilty, and then there's a group of premiers, state premiers that all must swing because they are all guilty. And if they're found guilty by a, a, a properly constituted court of law, that's your second group. So every state premier, and they have been acting unconstitutionally, even apart from COVID, apart from COVID. Okay. And then and there's third, third, thirdly, public health administrators. <laughs> yeah, the alleged uh, health chiefs. That, see, the point is, the ones that we, and here's our criteria for who's going to swing first. We, it's like when you walk into a bar and you know it's a rough end of town and you want a quiet drink. So you walk in, you find the biggest, ugliest, meanest bugger there. You drop him to the deck and everybody takes a step back. So understand this, we'll be swinging the f biggest one out there so everyone else trembles. That'll set the tone for a bunch of recantations, let's call it, where they now start to help us because they want to hang on to their miserable little lives. So we won't be starting at the bottom. We're starting at the top. Gotcha. Okay, you used the word imbecile in your in your statement, and actually, it was a perfectly pitched word. Um, so, do you think that the Scott Morrisons of this world fall into the imbecile category, or do you think they fall into the insidious character of of evil people who are categorically in the know about the uh, Saturnian? Luciferian agenda and are are gleefully, by best accounts, seeing this through? Or do you think he's an imbecile? Because he's one or the other. He's either fully yeah. aware and conscious of what he's doing, or he's an imbecile. Which? Well, let's just clarify this for the people, because I use that word quite intentionally. An imbecile, by definition, is someone with an IQ so low they are incapable of making a good decision. But there's also a moral imbecile, and this now speaks to you, uh, it speaks to your point about the satanic nature of all of this. Is he a moral imbecile? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And when the truth comes out about just about every member of parliament and every every member of the elites, let's call them that, that as you and I both know that these threads, trans, uh, they, they penetrate every aspect of life, uh, that... That that's the depravity which will just turn the stomachs of the Australian people. There's the Red okay. Shoe Brigade. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Red Shoes mean, do your own research and find out and find pictures of gentlemen and ladies in red shoes. And you'll begin to understand when, when Sasha and I talk about moral imbecility, that's what we're talking about, genuine depravity. 
not to be not to be confused with the velveteen burgundy shoes because I wore those in Bucharest last week um, and uh, got accused of being a, a papal emissary. <laughs> <laughs> in any event, I, I wanted to uh, just raise the specter of this wonderful meme going around this week that I saw, which is of, of Jesus being nailed to the cross on the ground in Gethsemane um, with a bunch of uh, folks crowded around, holding him down variously and hammering nails into his uh, feet and into his uh, hands. And one of them is saying, well, you know, I have to, I have, I have to, I have a family to feed. Another one is saying, I have to think of my future. Another one is saying, he didn't do what they told him to. Another one is saying, my boss told me to do it. Another one says, I'm just following orders. And another one saying, if I don't do this, I'll get fired. I mean, that is so true, is it not? It is. Moral courage. And this isn't a, a recent innovation because Mark Twain wrote about the lack of moral courage in relation to a piece he wrote on um, uh, hanging blacks in the US, uh, lynch mobs. Lynch yes. mobs. And he spoke about the one in 10,000 that actually faces the crowd. So for whatever reason, moral courage seems to be the rarest of human qualities, but it only takes one. And this is this is exactly why I did what I did, because words are cheap. But unless unless a leader shares the risks with these people, unless a leader goes first, he's not a leader, he's just a commentator. And I've got to tell you, there's far too many commentators out there. Australia needs countless leaders who are willing to step up and stand there and say, I will take the hit. I will get the blood nose. I'm first through the door. Make sure you're behind me. And that's what we need to do. This is leadership from the front by example. Now, we yes. need everybody else in this country and everyone around the world to join in and start stepping up. Now, the, the, yellow, the yellow jackets in France did it brilliantly. Every one of them, hundreds of thousands of leaders, and I mean that quite literally, and that's what we're generating in Australia. Now, the good news, as I said, we're going, to, we're going to make Australia ungovernable. We're going to shut down the power, the water, the sewerage, the communications to every every globalist and elitist enterprise. And I'll tell you what, if my, our international, international friends want to help, you can do the same. Shut yep. down every Australian business, every Australian industry, every Australian high commission and every Australian consulate. Common law groups in the country are going to stand vigil at the front of courts. This is the moment that everyone stands up and you're either on side or you're not. And if you're offside, I can tell you, your days are done. No one will listen to you ever again. You can have the winning numbers to lotto, nobody's going to listen to you. Very good. Okay, let's exemplify people out there in Australia who are actually standing up. Who are the, the, the latter-day heroes of Australia today? A couple of icons out there in the media or elsewhere. Who, who would you exemplify uh, in an honours list? There are none. That's the problem. The, organi the, the, uh, the organs of state and, and society and civilization have been so penetrated, there are none. They are all cows. So it takes, I'm just a simple soldier. I had no intention of doing this, but somebody had to. I did hear, thankfully, finally, finally, and I gave it to you, a retired uh, state Supreme Court judge uh, on the steps of the South Australian Parliament House speaking directly to the people about exactly what is going on. Now, he is the first that I've seen in a, what you might consider a, an elevated position to speak out. The rest, every last one of them, has, 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 has hedged, has, has, has dodged, has, has failed to actually grasp the nettle. And so there is, so folks, if you want greatness, if you want a heroic status in Australia, come on down because there's plenty of room on the podium. Right, right. So you mentioned Nuremberg uh, earlier. And Nuremberg Code, Article 6, Section 3, 
No government can mandate or force a treatment without individual consent upon any of their subjects. So that, for people who don't know, is how the international law is, is pegged to Nuremberg Code and to Geneva Convention and to basic right to life. Right to life is the basis of all law forms. Then you have trust and equity. Trust and equity. You entrust your government to do the right thing. You entrust your uh, civil servants and your public officials to do right by the constitution and by international convention. Well, right now, the fact of the matter is that every single bureaucrat, technocrat, civil servant, politician, parliamentarian in Australia, every single one that is still accepting a salary and have not resigned on point of honor, every single one of them are committing treason, fraud, deception against the people of Australia. That's that is the exactly fact. correct. Right. Yep. And there is, and no, a, there is no wriggle room. There's no wriggle room there. No, that's exactly the point that we're taking. Every public servant from the prime minister down to the lowest ASO4 level clerk who just sits there and types stuff. You take the people's coin and then lie to the people at, at best it's sedition and at worst it's treason and every one of them will pay. Every one of them. Nobody gets off. And that's why we're going we're gonna to do okay. Can I just quickly throw in a couple of examples of why this is so imperative this week. This has yes. to happen this week. This isn't for next week. This isn't for next month. This is right now. In Victoria, and you know about Victoria, it's the state at the uh, the southeast corner of Australia, the premier of which is the hunchback uh, comrade Dan. Uh, now, a primary school in Gippsland, Victoria. Now, Gippsland is a regional area in, uh, it's a beautiful area in Victoria, like your Lake District, I guess. And, um, the children at a school there, a public school, publicly funded school, the unvaxxed and those with a mask exemption are forced to wear yellow wristbands. Now, you'd have to be blind Freddy not to see what is going on here. And yet we have these imbecilic teachers, and my God, I can't wait to get a hold of them. But that's happening, a primary school. Now, imagine the impact, the psychological impact that has on the children. Next. Uh, Comrade Dan has recently released his public health well-being management bill. <laughs> you can always tell how draconian the bill will be by the nicer description it has. The nicest description means it's actually totalitarianism. It had its first reading yesterday. Our parliamentary process requires two readings and then it goes to the upper house. Well, it had its first reading yesterday and it was passed. However, it was not available for public perusal on the website, which is, in a, which is contrary to the procedure. Nobody got a chance to look at it, even including the opposition who are next to useless anyway, until uh, 24 hours before it was uh, to be read. It's a 192-page document. Don't quote me on that, but it's a large, complex document. The nub of which is this. The Premier may uh, announce a lockdown for, for health and well-being management purposes, even if there is no disease. There doesn't need to be a disease. Next. He can place restrictions, and this is him personally. This is not the parliament. There's no cabinet oversight. This is just the premier. He can place restrictions on individual or classes of persons based on their personal attitudes and beliefs. It is so broad as to be nonsensical. Uh, contra contravening any of this, fines in the thousands of dollars or jail for two years. Now, oh my God. 
<laughs> this is this is happening now. So, ladies and gentlemen of the world, if you wish to help yourselves and us, this must start today. We must make Australia utterly ungovernable. Shut down everything that the elites need to run the place. Keep looking after the sick in hospital. No problem there. We don't want to hurt the, the weak and, and the deserving. But the okay. elites have been sucking on our pit need to be brought down. Quite so. Well, what you're describing, uh, Ricardo, 75, 85 years ago, uh, within living memory for some, uh, this is what was taking place. It was pretty innocuous at first, uh, just uh, in order for us to identify you, wear your wristband or wear your little yellow star. Um, this is something which has happened before in history. Again, pretty innocuous when it begins. And where it ends, where it takes us is to this. And we're seeing a replay of this kind of satanic nonsense. It's tit for tat, it's absolute science, it's been predictably programmed as well. Um, when you're calling on people of Australia to rise up, are you emphasizing uh, your clarion call to the men or to the mothers or to the youth? Is there any demographic that you have more faith in than another? No, we all have to step up. The young needs to be protected, obviously. But moral courage, I can tell you, I was raised by some pretty tough men and some pretty tough women. <laughs> yeah. They were just hard. My grandmother uh, used to run messages for the partisans in Yugoslavia during the war against the Nazis, and she was captured and she had a collarbone smashed by the by a Mauser, the butt of a Mauser. Um, uh, that, that's the they're the stories and I said this the other day to people because I grew up around the, the dinner table with stories of courage and heroics and and personal sacrifice is part of the deal her yes. husband was a commissar with the partisans on the other side of the family which made family gatherings interesting they were on the Italian fascist side yet they were still men of of character because one of my uh, great uncles who was a uh, an officer in the Italian army he heard that a train full of civilians was being shipped up north to one of the labor camps. And th these were people he knew. So he, he raced up to the station, pulled his pistol out of his leather holster, put it to the head of the engineer and said, stop the train, uncouple these trucks and let them go or I'll blow your brains out. Now, that's lucky for me because I grew up with this. This is what is expected. Great courage, but great intelligence as well. You need both. And I said to people, if you don't have history like this in your family, then be the first one to do it. Be the granddad that says, kids, let me tell you what happened back in 2021. We were yeah. about to become a uh, under a dictatorship, and this is what I did, and this is what your mother did, and we saved the country. And you better bloody do the same because this happens every generation. So let me ask you, what do you think it is that Scott Morrison knows or thinks he knows that you don't know, that I don't know, that we don't know? What is it, do you think, that gives these uh, leaders, these insane leaders, the Dutch courage to continue uh, abrogating and derogating every rule of law? They must think that there's a certain hand at play that's going to protect them, that's going to win the day for them. What do you think's going on there? Yeah, initially that would be the case because, in my opinion, what's happened is this. They've been paid up front to deliver a nation to their masters. Right. And they believed, and, and most of them still do, and this is the funny part, uh, the media as well, they think that this is just, you know, this is nothing. This is a, a storm in a teacup. Nothing will happen. But what they don't know is that the masters who are, uh, 
demanded of their political leaders to deliver the country, they don't accept no for an answer. They don't accept, oh, look, give us another 12 months. They have a timeline. And so these people are on now on pain of death. They've taken their payment up front. If these people don't deliver, they will be eliminated because these people kill. The people yes. running this, they have no compunction. So it's not okay. so much they have Dutch courage. They are now in the realm of terror. They okay. know they are stuck because the moment they don't, they're on a timeline, and that's why the orders are more ridiculous. We have one premier in WA who is now going to fine people $20,000 for not getting vaccinated. They are panicking. They are terrified. This is what people must understand. The more lunatic the directions, the more fractious and inconsistent their statements, it is a sign of panic. You know why? Because they know that their lives will be forfeited by the end of the year. Very good. So that's okay. So th there's a, a probably a great deal of a blackmail going on as well. Would you agree to that? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's standard play across the board around the world. We know that. I mean, we, we, we yeah. keep seeing it. We keep seeing it. Okay. Um, so what are the do's and don'ts to people of Australia? Stop paying taxes immediately. Stop paying into the creature that is defining, defiling its, uh, its mandate for the people. Stop paying the creature that's destroying you. I mean, for me, that's a no-brainer. You just do not pay income tax until you've got a government that is doing what it's mandated to do. Correct. Just say no. It doesn't matter where it is. Like, for example, I found myself in front of the magistrate's court and that was my opportunity to just say no. I don't wear masks when I go out. You said better than that. You dismissed these these morons. You dismissed them out of your hologram. Uh, get kids out of school. Would you agree to that? Just get them. Oh, absolutely. We pulled ours out uh, two years ago because we could see what was happening. We've been homeschooling ever since. Now, for just going to throw, throw this in because people always say, oh, but you don't understand. I'm an old man. I'm this. I'm that. And the and the parade of excuses. My God, if excuses were votes, I'd be president of the universe. Yeah. Listen to this. I'm 61 years of age, so I'm an old man. I have a disabled wife. She's in a wheelchair. She has multiple sclerosis. She does more work for this country than any two dozen politicians you want to mention. We have we have a young family that we're homeschooling. We are not sitting back on a bag of gold that makes life easy. I am looking forward to the day when I can afford a, a, a fucking T-bone steak. So all, all of you out there, all of you out there saying it's too hard, sit down, shut up, and get out of the way. The Very good. You, the rest of you, stand up, save your country, because we either win or we die. There is no middle ground here, folks. This is not a movie. This is not a game. This is not Xbox where you respawn in two and a half seconds. Your life yeah. is forfeit. This is the moment. Yeah. This is this week right now. Must do it now. Turn Perfect. off the power, turn off the water, turn off the sewage, turn off the communications. Stand okay. up and say no. Reading, this is from Candace Owens this week. And this is just to give the audience here an idea of the creature that we're dealing with. She says in a tweet, reading through Fauci's experiments that are being disclosed right now, the one I find most alarming is the use of an acid to destroy a region of monkeys' brains to magnify terror. They then simulated images of spiders and tormented the monkeys with fear. Human DNA is 90% identical to monkeys. Why is Anthony Fauci funding that research? Right there. Great question, huh? Adrenochrome. Right. So this is as satanic as it gets. If you think that, uh, uh, what was his name? Dr. Mengele 
back in the 1930s and early 40s. If you think that man was perverse, trust me, the Bill Gateses of this world, the Anthony Fauci's of this world have taken perversity into the quantum domain, quite literally. When you also uh, key into the matter 5G, the apocalypse of 5G, and of this metadata surveillance dragnet kill grid and Skynet that is being set up right now. When that thing goes live in the next 12, 18, 24 months with the satellites, uh, you don't escape. No one escapes. They can dial into uh, isotope frequencies. They can dial into your DNA, whoever you are. Why do you think the PCR testing has been so rife around the world? They're data harvesting. They're trying to get, tabulate the DNA signature frequencies of every single living soul that they yep. can. That's exactly what's going on. Yep, I agree with you. And uh, I remember two years ago, again, 18 months ago, when we were talking about 5G, uh, and we were laughed at and lampooned by all the all the glitterati. And, and we just smiled because we knew we were on track. Yep. And uh, What's the old saying? We're running out of conspiracy theories because they're all coming true. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Archbishop Vigano has just recently said, and this is a direct quote from him, which I think is remarkable. I can't stand the Vatican, but there are a few good cats there. He says the vaccine victims are sacrificed at the altar of Moloch. We are in a war of good versus evil. The deep state and the deep church are conspiring against humanity. Beautifully put by a cardinal, an archbishop. Oh, absolutely. And it's been said before, but the devil's greatest achievement was to persuade people he doesn't exist. And people are now seeing pure evil in its real form. This isn't just a sort of cognitive behavioral dysfunction. There is genuine evil here. Once you've bumped into it, and I've bumped into it a couple of times, certainly in the last few years while we've been doing this. Right. Uh, it's an extraordinary experience, but I can tell you this. It is real, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to believe in the devil while well, he believes in you. So you better wake up. Indeed. Um, so uh, another quote that I, I appealed off the web today. So if you still need a booster after being fully vaccinated and testing after being fully vaccinated and hospitalization after being fully vaccinated, and masks and social distancing and lockdowns all after having been fully vaccinated, then it's time to admit that you've been fully conned. So we are talking a, we're talking a planetary um, conspiracy. We're not talking about something specific to Australia. Australia and Canada, as we've discussed before, are the two horns of the New World Order devil, so to speak. In as much as the Canadians and Australians have had it far too good for far too long, you've been mind-fucked as a culture into this kind of suburbanite pedestrian, it's all okay, it'll all work itself out, everything's fine, just, you know, everything will be back to normal tomorrow. Well, that, you know, if it, if it flows through, if this new world order protocol flows in Canada and Australia, it means that the rest of the world will look at those countries and go, ah, well, if it's good enough for the Canadians and Australians, then it's good enough for us. Because we trust Australians. The world trusts Australians and Canadians. So to that extent, Canada and Australia are the most dangerous nations on earth because you're the litmus, you're the canaries in the cage. And right now, I have to say, you're failing the litmus. Yeah, we are. Well, without a shadow of a doubt. But the good news is they have misread the Australian psyche. Whilst we are almost sonambulant 
in the yeah. face of most global events. What they misunderstood was that's an ambulance with compliance. We, uh, we'll just take it and take it and take it and take it. This is the origin of the expression, she'll be right. And it actually used to mean, it, now it's, it's, it's a pejorative statement, meaning, oh, look, oh, don't worry about it. Somebody else will take care of it. Not true. And it was exemplified at the Battle of Tobruk, where the Germans were raining hell from the sky in terms of their artillery bombardments of the uh, the Allied troops, the Australians and the Brits and the Kiwis. And uh, this, this, this is directly from the son of one of the, the rats of Tobruk. He was a Brit. And he used to watch the Australians and the, and the, and the, the hell will be falling to earth and the Australians would sit back in that laconic way, smoke a, smoke a cigarette and say, oh, she'll be right, mate, meaning let's just take the hit and when the time comes to fight, we'll be good. That's what under, under, underlies Australia. We're taking the hit, but I can tell you the hell that we are going to visit on them. And whether it happens this week, next week or next year, <laughs> they will not like it. Very good. Well, you know, I have to say um, the, the, the common uh, myth about Australians that it's a, a nation of of sort of pioneer, pioneer convicts, essentially. Um, and and I, I, I laugh at that like everyone else does, but actually I've given it some real thought. And why I love the Australian uh, gestalt and, and the pulse of Australia, and I, I like you, believe that it's, a, it's going to be demonstrating itself in the days ahead. I think that the, the fury is coming. And when it does, it's gonna be unparalleled. And why do I think that? Because I think that the, the kind of convict element of the Australian uh, pioneers was connected to the fact that those convicts were rebellious. They, they, they didn't enjoy the bullshit of the Crown of England at the time. And they were the first to say, get stuffed. We're not playing along with, with, with this rogue uh, tyranny. And because of that, they got tripped up on the wrong side of the law and ended up being convicted and, and sent to Perda, in this case, to Australia. But that, to me, says that the pulse of Australia is the true rebel, correct? It is. And we have a <clears> – <throat> we don't make much of a song and dance about it, but um, the uh, Eureka Stockade was the first visible sign of rebellion against authority. Now, Australians have a, have a, have a, a deeply ingrained resistance to authority. You know, and it's in the army, if you try it on, the, the, the soldiers will just call you a wanker to your face, <laughs> which is great. But we really don't like authority. We're, we'll play along, but we don't take it too seriously. Now, the Eureka Stockade, the rebellion, uh, it was a minor thing in global history, minor thing, minor thing in Australian history. But what it demonstrated was exactly what you're talking about. And it was just like today. It was Brits. It was Irishmen. It was Italians. It was Austrians. It was you name it. There are all these different nationalities coming together saying, hang on a minute. You've overstepped the line. Now, we've been taking this for some time and we'll take it and we'll take it. And now we're turning it around. And so we have this. Uh, and there were some names of um, famous Irish rebels that ended up in Oz and that toured uh, the United States giving lectures about the spirit of rebellion and the rights of individuals. And so without knowing it, because it's been intentionally uh, hidden from the Australian people in the education system, but we have this deep and an abiding love of liberty and a willingness to fight for it but they don't know it so they don't know their own history but we'll be reviving that <laughs> we'll be holding these people up as heroes and so everybody gets to learn that they come from from rebellious difficult challenging stock and that's what a people should be because it should be difficult to govern a nation of free people that's exactly the test of a free people that nobody wants to be in government because it's so bloody difficult and that's what we go back very good. And not forgetting, of course, another fantastic meme that's emerging 
right now, which is that what, what we see, whether we're in England or in America or in Canada or Australia or France or Belgium or Botswana or Indonesia, this is the government that our founders warned us about. Correct. And our so government... Got a, what, are, what are your plans with Australia One upcoming that we should know about? Well, the first imperative, as like any good strategy, I've had a strategy, we've been working that strategy, it's been going very well. Our numbers are big, our support is big, the money's coming in, and the money only comes in in, you know, $20, $50, $100, $500 lots, the occasional four-figure donation, which is greatly received. But And we've been offered a lot of money, but we didn't need it. We didn't take it because that comes with obligations. So the numbers are big. Uh, the money is there to do what we need to do. We're, we're building that hard infrastructure and it's very expensive and time consuming, like uh, our own servers and security to make sure our databases can't be hacked by the bad guys. So that's happening. But we've just paused on the political side and I've put in this new phase 2B because it was phase two, now we've got phase 2B, which is save the people. The politics doesn't matter. The party doesn't matter. Our priority right now is to save the people. So we're throwing everything at this. Because every day we delay is another 10, 20, 100, 200 children that are going to be vaccinated and killed. So time is of the essence, quite a literally. So it doesn't matter what happens in six months or 12 months with, a, with an election. What matters now is saving as many lives as we can. So we're throwing ourselves at that. So our single fast only priority right now is to, is to bring Australia to a standstill. Once that happens, then we can get back to the nonsense of politics and who's going to run the country. But now we are literally saving lives. It's a siege hostage situation, and we are going to go through the door whether we have enough people to do it or not. We cannot wait any longer. Now is the time. Join us or don't, but we're going in. Very good. Okay. What is, uh, just to wrap up here, the magistrates hung up on you uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, when you were making your declaration of sovereignty. What do you imagine are the repercussions, sir, to you for having, <laughs> for having offended his grace, whoever you were dealing with? What do you think the repercussion is now with the court? Yeah, I'm as frightened as I am as if, if a five-year-old from next door came in and told me I was in trouble. Right. <laughs> he doesn't. He's an irrelevance. Point number one, he's a complete irrelevance, but in a practical sense, um, I now have to reappear in January 4, I think, to, to enter a plea. By January 4, it will not be an issue anymore. By Good. January 4, this man and his entire edifice will have begun crumbling down. And they will be thinking about many things, not about charging me with $1,000 for not wearing a mask. So I have Good. no fear about <laughs> reappearing before His Highness. Good stuff. Ricardo Bossi, as ever, you're on the front foot. I think you are definitely the future leader of Australia. I'm in your court batting for you, sir. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, no, thank you, Sasha. And, and it's the people that will be leading Australia. You know, any number of us could have the privilege of, of corralling this amazing nation and, and letting it become what it was always designed to be. And thank you for your time and your support, Sasha. God bless you. Bye-bye, folks. Thanks for joining, and please get this out. Knock this out of the park. Share, share, share. We're syndicating on multiple platforms. Um, this one's just streaming to a small YouTube, which is our safety YouTube, uh, but actually it's going through our own, our own platform and syndicating, so probably we've got thousands of people watching right now. I want hundreds of thousands by tomorrow and millions within a week. All right, friends. Thank you, Ricardo Bossi, sir, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Sasha.